0: Welcome to my mommy's podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Nutrition Genome. This is the most comprehensive genetic analysis on the market. They cover 85 plus clinically relevant genes across all of the major biochemical pathways. And what that means is they're testing all the important things that can actually make an epigenetic difference for you. The test also includes a 50 plus page report that really goes in depth and gives feedback on your personal gene function and how to enhance your own gene expression. The analysis also provides foods that are best to emphasize and minimize, talks about toxins you're more likely to be sensitive to, your genetic stress response, and even recommended blood work to optimize your genetic blueprint for long-lasting health and longevity. This testing doesn't have the privacy concerns that some of the other popular genetic tests have, and we just did this with all of our children. The results have been really helpful for customizing their diets and supplements and basically for our whole family. I kind of took everybody's results and find, found the common denominators of food, and we start there now with our shopping list each week. You can check it out and learn more and get the test at wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash nutrition dash genome. That will also be in the podcast show notes at wellnessmama.fm for this episode. But one more time, that's wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash nutrition dash genome, G-E-N-O-M-E. This podcast is brought to you by Plant Therapy. I'm often asked where I get my essential oils, and Plant Therapy is my go-to place these days. They offer many certified organic essential oils, including many kid-safe blends at really affordable prices. I also love that they offer bigger sizes of many oils, so I can order our favorites in hundred milliliter bottles, and they last longer, and then I throw fewer bottles in the recycling each month. Many of you also know that not all essential oils are safe to use on babies and small children, and that certain dilution ratios should always be followed. Plant Therapy takes the research and guesswork out of this since they work with Robert Tisserand, who is the author of Essential Oil Safety, to make sure that all of their Kids Save oils are truly safe for kids. They are offering a 10% discount to Wellness Mama listeners, and you can grab the discount by using the code wellness10, all one word, wellness10, at wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash PT. That's wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash PT for Plant Therapy. Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Moms Podcast. I'm Katie from Lonasama.com, and I'm here today to talk about a really important topic that is a hard one to talk about, but super important. I'm here with Kelly Houghton, who has a master's degree in social work from Arizona State University. She's a licensed clinical social worker, and she's been actively involved in the international community for the past 18 years, developing programs and advocating for policies related to preserving families and protecting children. And today we're going to be delving into that and into the statistics around sex trafficking. And she served as the director for several international programs as a hospital administrator and currently is the development or manager for Operation Underground Railroad. We're going to hear that story today as well. Um, She's presented all over the world, even at the United Nations, on topics related to this and is such a wealth of knowledge. So, Kelly, welcome and thanks for being here. Thank you. So, like I said, this is not one of those easy topics to talk about, but an important one, I think also because when you speak about something and like understand it, it also can cut down on the unnecessary fear while also giving you uh, hopefully some actionable and practical advice to move through that. So um, listeners know that I come from very much a free-range parenting type idea. I hate that term actually. I would just call it like unstructured free playtime for kids. Um, And when I've written about this in the past, the one um, pushback I get a lot is that with sex trafficking on the rise, it's really not safe for kids to play. And I know that statistically, um, when you look at the Department of Justice and some other statistics, the world actually safer for kids than it even was 50 years ago. But that doesn't mean that sex trafficking is not a very real thing. And I know that that kidnapping and sexual trafficking are huge fears for many parents. So um, I'd love to, like today as we go through this, to really delve into the actual statistics and what's going on out there and also give parents some actionable, practical ways to keep our kids safe but without keeping them locked in the house all the time. So to start with, can you just kind of talk about the current statistics and the current problem we're facing with human trafficking?
1: Sure. And the one thing about human trafficking is. Unfortunately, it's an area that hasn't been studied a great um, deal yet. And thankfully, though, the international community and even domestically, they're engaging a lot more in trying to understand the scope of the numbers of what's happening. But um, it's also on the rise. So sometimes it's hard to capture a number when it when it's increasing. And um, unfortunately, one of the reasons why it's on the rise Is because of the access to the internet, right? Um, You can pretty much access the internet anywhere in the world now, even on a smartphone if you're in the village of India or village of Africa. um, Children have access to the internet and predators have access to the internet. Um, And also, there are studies that are being released that are showing a correlation that as pornography has increased, um, just sometimes the way pornography addiction happens, it kind of turns into other, like you need more and more and more alternative type pornography, it can become an addiction to some individuals. And so then they become addicted to child pornography. And there's more addictions to child pornography than there ever has been. And unfortunately, in the United States, the United States is the number one producer and the number one consumer of child pornography. Um, We also, um, Caucasian males from the United States are the number one buyers of children around the world too so I think sometimes we want to think this is an international issue that happens outside of our borders but unfortunately we are part of this problem right now so statistically if you just talk about human trafficking in general um, the recent study from the United Nations put the number about 40 million so that's four zero million individuals in human trafficking um, in regards to children there's about five to six million children who are slaves. So the average age of a child enslaved is about 12 to 14 years old. So of that, though, if you want to talk about, you know, Operation Underground Railroad, we specifically focus on child sex slaves. And that number right now is about two million children are child sex slaves. So every 30 seconds, a child is being sold into the sex trade. Um, Which to us is a horrifying, it's a horrifying number. So if you want to talk, though, domestically, right, um, that we are unfortunately increasing here in the United States. And again, the problem is that before predators could have access to children and teens through just... You know, you had to come in contact, human contact. And now a lot of the predators are accessing the Internet. So where the vulnerability really is, is children online um, and being accessed through smartphones, through Internet, sometimes um, through friends, connecting them online to people, social media, obviously. So in the United States right now, we know that there's eight to 10,000 children that are smuggled into the United States specifically for trafficking um, to become slaves. Um, and again, most of the trafficking in the United States through, if we were talking about children that already live in the United States, it's really, um, for the most part, children who are more vulnerable, that um, maybe have low self-esteem, that they come from broken homes, there's maybe um violence in their homes, there's substance use um a high percentage of the children trafficked in the United States are your homeless children or um ones that just feel displaced in society. so that's kind of just a general overview of what the statistics are are showing right now
0: Wow, and that's I think that so many important points you've just made, but it's hard to realize it is really hard to realize that it's happening in our own communities, and especially that children are being brought here and like taken away from their families. Um, And this is actually happening. And I think you made an important point with balancing that. um, And this is how at least the statistics I had seen in researching as well, that it's not so much that a child is at risk playing in their own front yard so much as they are when they're online. And that's why in our family, we've taken a really hard line with social media and with the internet and making sure that the children are safe there. But we also do try to balance out and let them have safe places to play outside because it's truly like we also have an obesity crisis that's happening as well so it's like balancing these two things um but can you talk a little bit more about because i've seen those statistics as well and it seems like within the u.s the majority of children who are targeted they're targeted online through social media usually by like an older more attractive um person of the opposite sex who then may not even be that person but who then like eventually convinces them to meet up is that kind of what we're seeing happen and how can parents then kind of navigate this to keep kids safe online Right.
1: Um, And that's a very true point. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's one I had this was several years ago, but I had done an activity at a local school and I put up pictures of individuals and, and asked them, like, who who's the predator? Right. And of course, they they normally pick the older, more kind of um, unkempt older man. Right. But the reality of it is, is just like what you said, is that there's they're being groomed by false identities, right? So it's it, there's a picture out there, say of a a young, attractive twenty year old guy, but really behind that picture, it you know is a maybe sixty year old man who's um, a pedophile. But the interesting fact that's happening right now is traffickers are changing. They're, the image is changing, right? So trafficking right now, unfortunately. It's becoming the number one criminal industry in the world. It's over. It's going to surpass drug trade. It a is $150 billion industry. It's very, very lucrative. So anyone who loses their sense of, you know, moral direction or integrity is drawn to this industry because of how lucrative it is. And a lot of times what they're selling and buying is a commodity that they never even purchased. Right. I'm, um, And so with that, what you're finding is you're finding like teen high school girls who are becoming traffickers. You're finding um, there was just an article this past week about an actress who does not look like a trafficker, who was arrested because she was a trafficker. Um, Again, it's the money that's driving this. So you can hold up, you know, eight pictures of a range of ethnicities, ethnicities, genders, ages And sometimes you won't be able to tell who the trafficker is anymore. Um, So in regards to children, it is only teaching them that you only are friends with people on social media that you absolutely know. And unfortunately, the social media trend is you're friends with all these people that you don't know. Right. It's a friend of a friend of a friend kind of deal. Um, And this is, we really need to get our children, our teens, our college students um, to only have friends that they have met in person on their social media and grooming. You know, the grooming tactics are very, the predators are very, very skilled. Traffickers are incredibly skilled at what they do. And sometimes Um, What we're finding, and again, here in the United States, it's a little bit different because I would say, you know, internationally, more children will be actually removed from an area to be trafficked. Here in the United States, what we're finding is a lot of um, the children, teens, they're trafficked actually in their own area. So sometimes they're being trafficked and maybe families don't even know. Um, And usually then you're talking more like junior high, high schoolers, college students um, that they are being sold but they their friends and family may not know because the threat the threat is the trafficker will go hurt people that they love if they say anything um so communication is so critical with your children and and talking about these topics and and letting them know that there are people who will try to engage them in conversations we have seen cases where they will groom a year to year and a half. Um so they just act like the friend, the boyfriend for a long time until they build that trust. I mean they spend time and they're very patient until they kind of feel that they have that trust of that individual. And of course what they try to do then is break their within that year, year and a half, they're trying to break that relationship that they have with the family and friends so that they become more of the most they, they become the most important person. So sometimes I think what's important for parents is to understand the strategies that are used, the the tools that are used, and talking to children very openly about that. Um, and again, lot a lot of talks about internet safety for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that's a hugely important point, and it turns my stomach to think that like this is actually happening to kids that young, and that it's so effective. And um, but also that's good to know that the internet is. In a lot of ways, the most dangerous place um, when it comes to that, and it's and I think like there's so many aspects to that of we should be forming strong communities and having you know solid friendships and relationships with our kids and also with other people who we trust to kind of just keep all these eyes out. But also, I think like you said, protecting them online is a huge, huge important thing and one that maybe a lot of parents don't take that seriously. So um, definitely, I'll make sure all those steps are in the show notes because. I think, like you said, that's the most dangerous place for kids.
1: Yeah, and I was going to mention, too, that as child pornography is continuing to be on the rise here in the United States, and again, we're the number one consumer, right, um, which I think a lot of us in the United States are shocked by that, truthfully, um, but they need children to film to produce child pornography. So sometimes, um, in regards to, like I said, that sometimes children aren't taking taken from an actual, like, state to state, sometimes they're being exploited in their own communities by being filmed by somebody in the community for child pornography. And then that child goes back, back home, right? And parents, teachers, people in the community may not even know that that's ever happened. Um, so I'd say in the United States, obviously child pornography is an issue that needs to be, um, talked about very openly and about why the United States is the number one producer and consumer. Um, It's very, very alarming.
0: Yeah, definitely very alarming. Are there any um, ways that we can combat this as a society that you think would help to stop that problem? Yeah, I think the first thing is exactly what we're
1: doing right now. I think um, with child pornography and pornography in general, and also um, human trafficking, I would say here in the United States has not been discussed very openly, Um, and again, Part of that is because these are newer issues. You know, this is a a new generation that uh, of issues that really um, we haven't needed to talk about as openly as we are right now. I think, um, especially child sex trafficking, who wants to talk about talk about that? But we have to um, because it's on the rise. Um, I think if you start, I know Operation Underground Railroad will collaborate at times with an organization called fight the new drug. I don't know if you're familiar with that organization, but they're trying to create awareness about pornography and the effects pornography is having on our, our community. I, I think for the longest time um, there was a, a part of the, our society that wanted to believe that pornography was kind of an innocent activity. But um, what we're finding statistically is that's not the case. It's having a huge impact. Um, and especially as the addiction becomes more, um, progressive and goes into child pornography, and then children get involved in that. Um, and so again, it, it's kind of a new issue. The internet's new to our society and kind of the some of the negative impacts that it's having on it. Obviously, it has some very positive impacts, but we're seeing also some of the the negative impacts that are coming coming out of that.
0: That makes sense. And I would assume, um, I mean, it's not something I have any experience with at all, but I would assume it's not even just limited to child pornography. I'm assuming that even with adults, that trafficking happens and that it's, I mean, harmful to like everyone involved.
1: Well, and what happens? Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that because as pornography and not everybody gets addicted to pornography. It's like drugs. Not everybody gets addicted to drugs. Um, but the the part of Society that is becoming addicted to pornography is it, just like a drug. Again, it you need more and more and more and more of it, and then you need um, harsher maybe versions of it, and then eventually you want to buy the product. So anytime we're producing a demand for a product like children um, and like you just said, even adults, more of that product needs to come into the market. So for the most part, people. Do not choose to be sex slaves. You know, um, nobody. I mean, even if you talk about prostitutes, if you actually get in an interview, majority of prostitutes are sex trafficked, um, and I think that's kind of a newer idea to a lot of people because I think people think that there are women in the industry that are choosing it, um, and there are some, but for the most part, they were runaways. They and then they got trafficked into it, and so again, pornography's. Producing the demand for for this um product,
0: wow, it's so sad, and like like I said, I mean, I think it's hugely important that we all start at home with this and protecting our own children and our own families um but I also think when you have a problem this widespread that's harming so many people and especially children that it's also something that we as a community and as a in large should be addressing. And that's the other reason I wanted to have you on today is because I think this is something that we all need to be able to kind of actively tackle. So with that said, can you kind of explain, you mentioned it, but what is Operation Underground Railroad and what kind of work do you guys do?
1: Sure. So Operation Underground Railroad was founded the end of 2013. So we're a little over four four years old. And it was created by um, Tim Ballard. And I, I'm also going to say his wife, um, Catherine, because they did it jointly. And um, Tim used to be um, an agent, a Homeland Security agent for Internet Crimes Against Children. And what he was um, starting to understand was that the government was doing some really, really great work with um, identifying children that needed to be rescued from um, sex trafficking um, and would go in to do the rescues. But at some times, especially when they were trying to do the work internationally and rescue children in certain countries there were some obstacles in place whether with budgeting or with um restrictions when the government goes in they're under different laws than say a nonprofit when they go in and Tim just understood that if there were children out there that could be saved by a nonprofit a little bit easier and so he and his wife to me were incredibly brave they had six kids at the time at home um six young kids. They now have nine nine kids, so they're pretty busy. And um, they just felt very strongly that they needed to create a nonprofit that could access some of these areas that maybe um larger government agencies could not um in order to rescue children that were that were um sex slaves. And so he left a, a profitable, secure job and to me, um he and um his wife are extremely um, to me, they are modern day heroes because they left security and they decided to try to start up this nonprofit. Um, and thankfully, it has received a lot of support. Um, a lot of um, people have rallied behind the organization. And we, um, again, have been functioning for four years and things are just moving forward. So just it's really um I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just makes us all just incredibly happy with the amount of support that's coming in for this cause that people are talking about it. Like we are right now that people are putting money behind it, that people are putting resources behind it. And what we do is we go in, we have like several kind of um, areas that we work in, but one is we will go in and do direct rescues. And so far we've been in over 16 countries um and we have rescued about 1200 children so far um and with the rescue so what we do is we work with the law enforcement and governments on the ground so we support the teams that are on the ground so we're providing um technology we're providing um training we're trying to um help the law enforcement there learn the skills that they need to find predators and how to arrest predators um, and then once the children are rescued we place them in vetted aftercare homes that are already in place in those countries so that the children can receive the needed services um, to help them kind of get back on their feet and live productive, productive lives. Um, here in the United States, we we um, help support um, Internet crimes against children when they come to us for support. So depending on the state, if they need certain training or resources and they would like um, our assistance on that, we will provide that Um, and then we also have been working on some education pieces, um, that I'll talk maybe a little bit at the end, but so those are things that we've been involved with and the work is just on fire. There's so much work to be done. Um, and like we said, our, our job is, um, to put ourselves out of business. We want to just get people trained on the ground to, to learn how to do these rescues to start, um, you know, right now we have at least two million children to rescue so there's a lot of work a lot of work still to be done
0: yeah that's so sad to know that and i've subscribed to your guys's um, newsletter and and definitely i'm going to be partnering and helping with you guys but um you mentioned there are ways like getting people trained in communities and and actively involved so talk about that like what can we all do on the ground ourselves to make a difference
1: so I'm we're really really excited. This has been a project it's been in works for the for a while, but it was a couple weeks ago we re- released it's a free online training. i um, and this is the the first version that's out right now and anyone can access the training and we're hoping that you know moms and dads, teachers, people in the community, um people um, and corporations will be, um, doing the training. It's about an hour long, but you can do it in segments and you will see there's just, um, a handful of segments of our team members talking about different issues from understanding what human trafficking is, how to identify a victim, um, how to identify a trafficker. And at the end, which will be, uh, I think useful for your audience, there are segments on internet safety and how can you, um, you know put things in place to protect your own children and and throughout the training there's also links so you can see other videos and other resources and really become familiar with this topic and and kind of feel empowered that you could actually do something about it so if you go to um ourrescue.org o u r rescue.org it's on just the the front page when you go there
0: Awesome, and we'll make sure that's linked in the show notes as well at f m so that people can find it. And I'll definitely commit to doing that myself to going through it. Does that help people recognize like, like some of the warning signs and kind of in their own communities? It does. It, I think if you go through the training,
1: that again you will feel as empowered as you can, um, being a normal citizen on what to look for and and kind of warning signs that you'll see. I do believe. I think our whole team feels this that. We are confident that in every community um, there is trafficking going on, and it's just getting people on the ground to kind of be familiar what they're looking for. um and so we're hoping with this training training that people will start to just keep their eyes and ears out again, that they will be more empowered in their own um, circles with their children in their own circles. um they will understand what they're looking for and maybe what to talk to their children about. Yeah, so we're excited about this resource. And hopefully within the next year, we're going to have it out in Spanish also.
0: That's awesome. And I think that addresses two big points, which one is that um, people either think it doesn't happen where I am, um, or that I, if it doesn't, there's nothing I can do about it, that it's a governmental problem or it's very widespread. So I love that you guys are addressing both of those issues. And it's so sad that it's probably happening in all of our communities. Um, but also very, like you said, empowering that we can hopefully do something to help change that statistic and to help keep our own kids safe, which I know, um, it like statistically, it ranks right up there with the biggest fears that parents have. Um, but so many parents think it's something they can't really help with. And so I love that you guys are the voice for that. And it that's amazing that you guys have rescued, you said 1200. 1200. Yes. Yeah. And and we've also
1: um, arrested, oh, I think it's close to about 500 now. And um, so we've arrested 500 um, perpetrators and, and traffickers with that behind each one of those arrests. There's kind of rough statistics out there that say you've prevented about 100 to 200 children um, becoming victims by putting that one person, um, behind bars. And so, so the number is a lot bigger because the arrests we've done, but actual children, actual victims that we've, um, rescued has been 1200. And one thing, um, I think to keep in mind is I was just having this conversation with a group yesterday. Um, we were kind of talking about that sometimes trafficking, there's kind of different definitions of what trafficking means. And um, some people are, were under the impression that trafficking just means that you're taken from one country to another country or state to state. And, um, but really what we feel trafficking child sex trafficking is it's anytime a child is exploited. So that sexually exploited. So that child could actually live in a home, but they're being sexually exploited somewhere, whether by a teacher or by a, neighbor or by maybe another family member but what it is is that child is threatened that if they say anything that child is given gifts Um, sometimes teenagers are given really nice phones or they're given um, you know money or something so anytime there's an exchange of um, sexual activity for either being threatened or goods that is trafficking
0: yeah that's such an important point This podcast is brought to you by Nutrition Genome. This is the most comprehensive genetic analysis on the market. They cover 85 plus clinically relevant genes across all of the major biochemical pathways. And what that means is that they're testing all the important things that can actually make an epigenetic difference for you. They, the test also includes a 50 plus page report that really goes in depth and gives feedback on your personal gene function and how to enhance your own gene expression. The analysis also provides foods that are best to emphasize and minimize, talks about toxins you're more likely to be sensitive to, your genetic stress response, and even recommended blood work to optimize your genetic blueprint for long-lasting health and longevity. This testing doesn't have the privacy concerns that some of the other popular genetic tests have, and we just did this with all of our children. The results have been really helpful for customizing their diets and supplements and basically for our whole family. I kind of took everybody's results and find found the common denominators of food. And we start there now with our shopping list each week. You can check it out and learn more and get the test at wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash nutrition dash genome. That will also be in the podcast show notes at wellnessmama.fm for this episode. But one more time, that's wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash nutrition dash genome, G-E-N-O-M-E. This podcast is brought to you by Plant Therapy. I'm often asked where I get my essential oils, and Plant Therapy is my go to place these days. They offer many certified organic essential oils, including many kid safe blends, at really affordable prices. I also love that they offer bigger sizes of many oils, so I can order our favorites in 100 milliliter bottles and they last longer, and then I throw fewer bottles in the recycling each month. Many of you also know that not all essential oils are safe to use on babies and small children, and that certain dilution ratios should always be followed. Plant Therapy takes the research and guesswork out of this since they work with Robert Tisserand, who is the author of Essential Oil Safety, to make sure that all of their Kidsafe safe oils are truly safe for kids. They are offering a 10% discount to Wellness Mama listeners. And you can grab the discount by using the code wellness10, all one word, wellness10, at wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash PT. That's wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash PT for Plant Therapy. Because, yeah, like, I think it is so easy to just assume that it's something happening in other countries or, like, far away and that it's children being taken across country borders. But um, that's almost a little bit more sobering to realize it's happening even to children that people may never realize are going through that. Um, so, so horrible. Um so, okay, I'd love to go a little bit more into, we talked a lot about keeping your own kids safe, especially on the internet. Um, I'd love, a question I love to ask is, what are three things people don't know or understand about your area of expertise, so in this case, um, trafficking, especially of children, that you think are important to know? Right. So I
1: think um, one of the things we already talked about that it is really important is kind of breaking the, those barriers that, that it happens everywhere else and realizing it is happening in communities and um, every community probably definitely has cases and like I said it it doesn't necessarily mean they're being taken somewhere but that there is a child in your community that is being sexually exploited but still lives at home and um, and again we see those cases um, in the, the news sometimes like with teachers or um, a, a child that was being I know here in Utah there was a child um, that the uncle was taking the child and, um, but it was, um, he was using a gun. So he's using physical, um, a weapon, right? Um, so she doesn't, um, she has fear that if she says anything or um, reports anything that something bad will happen. Um, so I think we just need to start the dialogue that we need to protect children in our communities and keep our eyes and ears open to what this is. And sometimes honestly, it's teaching our children and our teenagers and our college students what they're looking for. And again, that online training, you will kind of see some of these things that, that maybe they can keep an eye out for because sometimes it's peer to peer that will notice a change in a friend. Um, We'll, we'll notice that a friend maybe has a new phone or new this or new that. And so sometimes it's our children. I think that are going to be the best eyes and ears on the ground Um, our, like I said, it could be junior high, high schoolers. College students. Um, I think let's see the second thing. um, The world needs to be a lot more proactive in studies. Um, Unfortunately, like I mentioned, and you read in my bio that I've been um, at United Nations meetings, kind of been involved in international um, discussions for about 18 years. And There is such a need for research that this topic needs to be addressed more. We need more research. And thankfully, um, especially now that the United States is really engaged in this conversation, I think we're going to start seeing more and more research coming out. I think all of us involved in these industries believe that the more research that comes out, we're going to realize the numbers are higher than what is actually being reported. Because um, once we get communities involved and regular citizens involved in looking for victims, So many more victims are going to be identified. So many more traffickers are going to be identified. It really has been um, kind of the hidden um, criminal industry. Um, There's it really um, governments haven't had the resources to put towards it. And that's why there's a lot more nonprofits that are stepping up and trying to help with this. So, again, I think once we all get more involved and research gets um, we get more research involved, I think we're going to see the numbers are going to be a little, little different than what they are right now. Um, and that was my third thing too, was unfortunately the lack of resources in the agencies. I, I think we'd all like to believe that um, our governments around the world are a lot more um, empowered and, and have the resources to combat this criminal industry. Like I said, that's becoming the number one criminal industry in the world, but it is a very, very um, complicated criminal industry and it's um, very high tech. um, And it's going to, it takes a lot of resources. So it's not, it has to be more than the government's um, helping with this issue. It has to be every single one of us that's engaged in this, in this cause. Um, And and hopefully we're going to start turning some numbers, you know, do some downturn of numbers because they've only been increasing. Um, So we need to kind of get a handle on this, but it's going to take all of us
0: really. Yeah, and I think the other thing you guys do that's so important uh, from what I read on your website is that you really are active in the recovery as well because it seems logical like a child can't just go through something like that and then just reenter normal society and be totally fine. There's got to be lasting, I'm sure, effects from that. Um, So I love that you guys are addressing that as well and working with those children. Are you seeing good results, like children able to recover and eventually go on to like more quote unquote normal lives and to get past it? And thankfully,
1: you know, again, we're only four years old, so I don't know, you know, we don't have long term studies, but I have studied um, some studies out there. Unfortunately, these children um, or adults who are in this industry uh, becoming um, sex slaves, it is the most traumatizing event you can ever experience because you experience um, your identity being taken away. You're emotionally, physically, um, sexually abused, right? Um, they lock them up um they just break break them down in all in all areas um so it does take a lot of intervention the good news is yes there are there are success stories um and the intervention has to happen because if not the children will go back into the trafficking because that's all that they know right um they don't know how to survive outside of that industry and they have been taught that that's who they are a lot of times you know, their names are even taken away from them. They're only given a number. They're a number. They become a commodity that's sold by a certain number. And, and sometimes that number is tattooed on their body. Um, so thankfully with the intervention, which includes like, you know, medical intervention, the, you know, therapeutic intervention, but also um, education, providing edu- education and vocational training. Um, we have, I think, you know, the best, kind of stories are the ones who've gone on to become professionals and they have become um, mentors for other children in the system. So yes, there is definitely a success rate out there. Sometimes um, you find stories where they will maybe go back into the industry like two or three more times, but then they eventually get out is them knowing how to get out and that they can get out and that there are resources available to be out. You know, so, um, but yeah, that's the best part of part of the the stories, right? Is is seeing well the seeing the traffickers arrested and put behind bars, and seeing children who become successful.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, wonderful to hear those kind of stories. I'm curious. I know this is probably addressed in the training, but um, what would you have someone do, or what advice would you give if they think they are encountering something in their own organ, like in their own community, or. If they see a child who they think might be going through that?
1: Yeah. And thank you for asking that because I think one of the things we need to, society needs to be comfortable is making the phone calls. Um, and I think, you know, you look historically like society getting comfortable with calling 911 or, or getting comfortable calling suicide hotline number when they had concerns or um, comfortable calling um, child protective services when they see a child. And, and that's, when they see a child that they think was abused, and, and it's it's again breaking those barriers that we all are responsible to pick up the phone and make a phone call when we just don't feel like something's right. And you don't have to have facts; like you don't have to know for sure. Like, yeah, I think this is. I absolutely know this is human trafficking. If your kind of sensory goes on, where I just feel like something's off, and um, you can make, um a couple of different phone calls. One is if it's a child, you always can make a phone call to um, your child protective services. And again, all these phone calls can be done anonymously. I know sometimes people don't want to give their own um, name out, but you can call anonymously and just kind of tell the scenario why you're feeling uncomfortable. But um, you can also call your local law enforcement. The thing that we would really like to encourage everyone to do, though, is to write down or put in your phone. Actually, we're really encouraging people to put in their phone. It's um, a hotline number. It's human trafficking hotline number. And the reason why is even if you call um, Child Protective Services or even if you call the local police department, sometimes they've never dealt with human trafficking. Um, And so you kind of have this extra resource. It's called the National Human Trafficking Resource Center. And that phone number is, um, 888-373-7888. Um, and we, our team has it all on our phones. And every time we present, we ask people to put it in their phones because it's one of those phone numbers where you think maybe you'll never use it, but that one time that you feel like you need it and it's not in your phone, you'll definitely regret not having it. You know, it's, um, You definitely want to have that resources. And also, if you have a case where you think like, gosh, I I think there may be some trafficking going on, but you're not sure. You can always call this um, hotline number also, and they can walk you through the questions and, and help you identify resources in your own community. So it's a great number to have.
0: That is so great to know. I just wrote it down and it'll be in the show notes and I'm going to put it in my phone as well. I'm curious also, some questions I love to ask are um, like advice you would give to someone who has like, think that they've encountered this or who is new to this and wants to do something. And also, any, if there are any books or resources you'd recommend?
1: So, well, um, I would say for someone who's just kind of entering into this is what you're kind of re- referencing.
0: Yeah, because I feel like um for me it was a new idea that we could actually do something to affect change here. I thought it like many people, I thought it was kind of in other countries or not in my area, or that only the government could fix it. So um I'd love any advice you have there. Sure. You know what? I, I think one of the most exciting parts
1: of the job for our team has been watching um the communities become involved in, in this issue and and I I've love the creativity um that's happened. So you can see um, certain communities that have done like five K races to to help um, to help raise money. One of the the most important things, if you're talking about actually rescuing children, is it does cost money. Like for every rescue that we go in and, and do, and you can rescue, you know, say five kids all the way up to twenty kids is is about forty five thousand dollars. I mean, it's um, it's an industry that you know, and sometimes you need that high tech equipment. And so we have been, um, just gosh, just blown away with the amount of people in communities that are getting involved. And it could be someone just raising money by, um, selling bread, or there was a school that sold pencils or, um, communities that are, that are holding music events or whatever it's been. But the, the advantage of doing something like that is creating awareness, right? So anytime, if someone wanted to do a fundraiser, what you're doing is creating awareness and you're creating the dialogue that needs to happen. Um, and, and just kind of breaking barriers. I always, I feel like we're kind of pioneers. All of us who are talking about this are pioneers in, um, breaking the barriers, barriers of a social topic that needs to be discussed. And, um, it's not one. So a lot of people we talk to is the first time they've ever even talked about it. Right. It's, Um, So a lot of times people you're talking to in your own circles, and that's one thing we encourage people to do is to talk to people in your own circles, to now go and talk to your family about it, or if you belong to a church group, or if there are opportunities at local schools to be able to talk about these issues, um, to keep the conversation going um, is really, really important. In regards to... um, Information like on how to um, find out more information about it. I would say our website is a great place to start. Again, that ourrescue.org. The online training will have resources available. Um, again, of other videos, other, you know, even videos from other organizations that are out there doing the work. It will have um, more information that you can read about it. Um, and then start paying attention to mainstream media and newspapers and your local community and start just kind of paying attention to articles that are out in your own community. Um, it's definitely being talked about a lot more on mainstream media. Um, and, and in newspapers, we're seeing it a lot more now. So um, in regards to a specific book, um, I have a specific book that I love, but it's a it's a textbook. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to read that, but it's it's talking about um, sex trafficking is becoming a, a public health issue in the United States. Um, and I don't have the name of it specifically right in front of me, but I could um, email it to you. Um, but it's a textbook, so it's the price of a textbook, which is you know pretty pricey. So
0: yeah, well, I'll definitely put it in the show notes for anyone who wants to read it. And yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as that this is like a devastating. It's a public health crisis, but it's also like you said, one of the most horrible things that can happen to a person and something that many of us didn't realize we could help change. And I very rarely make any direct ask of anyone listening, but I'm going to do that today, which is um, I hope that all of you listening will take an hour of your time to go through the training. It's, re- it's free. It's probably going to give you a lot of great information to practice in your own family to keep your own kids safe, but also um, with enough of us doing this and having eyes and just being more aware, hopefully we can bring a lot more children safely out. Um, So I don't do that often, but really I would encourage all of you, the link will be in the show notes or it's, as she mentioned, at ourrescue.org. So definitely make sure to check that out. Any parting words, Kelly, for everyone listening?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, one thing we talk about is that there are more slaves today than there have ever existed in the world. Um, And it's one of those social issues right now, again, that I think we talk about, You know, if we all were back when there were slaves, we would have all, you know, risen up and said, no, we're not going to have this. Right. And that's what's happening now. We have more slaves in the world today than ever before. And it really is going to take a groundswell like it did back when we freed slaves before that every single one of us is going to have to be involved in this. And whether it's talking about it, it's protecting children in our own communities it's supporting organizations who are engaged in it, but it, it's people on the ground. It's the groundswell of the communities who are going to call for legislation. Um, so it's not governments and nonprofits who are really going to make the biggest difference. It's individuals in communities that are going to make the biggest difference.
0: I 100% agree. and I believe the quote is something along the lines of, never doubt that a small group of committed individuals can change the world, because indeed, that's all that ever has. Right. That's one of my favorite. Yes. I love that quote. That's awesome. Well, I cannot thank you enough for the work that you're doing. I know, like I said at the beginning, this is a tough issue to hear about. It's a tough issue to think about, um, but such an important one, because even if hopefully it's not something that any of us ever encounter with our own children, the fact that there are children in our communities that are going through this is heartbreaking and horrible. And hopefully we can all together start making changes. Um, definitely something I'm going to be referencing in blog posts in the future. And there are links in all the, in the show notes today for people to find you guys. Um, but really, I do hope everyone will get involved in whatever way that works for you in your own life, your own family. Um, but just so together that we can start to make changes because it's truly staggering what's going on in our country. And I really appreciate you bringing awareness to this and um, for all the work that you guys all do, your whole organization on a daily basis.
1: Well, thank you, Katie. We really appreciate it. And if anyone ever has any questions, um, you can feel free to um, email us on our website or email me if you have any thoughts, questions, anything, even any feedback about the online training.
0: Awesome. I'll make sure that the the contact for your website is on the show notes as well. And um, like I said, I hope you will all consider getting involved and the links will be there so that you guys can do that. But Kelly, thank you so much for your time and for your work. Thank you, Katie. And thanks to all of you for listening, and I hope to see you next time on the Healthy Moms podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time, and thanks as always for listening.